morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my dear friend, Peter Panagor. Hi, Peter. Hi, Kathy. I'm so excited to talk to you. I always love this because I learned so much and I think you are one of the most talented people I know explaining mysticism in a verbal way, but also retaining the essence and the feeling of it because that is an art so so peter um we got to see each other and i got to introduce you on stage last year at the ions conference but you know they cut me out of that recording <laughs> was it really bad no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in the post production room. I don't know. I, I went back to go see how I do what I did. I, I remember being great. And and it's they cut me out. But anyway, oh, well. you're not Sorry. cut out. They could. <laughs> but anyway, so so um I love Peter's work and I hope that everyone that hasn't met him through my um through conscious business zone will begin to understand my adoration for his work because he's in in the system as well as out of the system which i want to be um he's in this world but not necessarily working from of this world and we're yeah and um and it's um there's a joyful playfulness about it um that really is unusual for reverend um, since he's Reverend Peter Panagor, um, <laughs> right? So, so okay. So your journey is, and I'll do the cliff notes. But you, you are a scholar of the mystic, mystical um, uh, writings and works of many, and you study that in Yale. But before that, you had a near-death experience in your 20s, ice climbing. And we're not quite sure why you did that. But um, <laughs> so for the people that don't know you, do you want to start with, I mean, because all of this expansiveness that you're able to share with us and um, for any sensitive people, for them to palpably feel and experience is started from that near-death experience, correct? Yeah, that's when I got really magnified, but it really started many years before that I've kept private to myself as a child. I was a natural-born mystic, and I had a series of events starting at five, six, um, Five and six, and then eighteen and nineteen, and uh, just well, a couple of when I was nineteen. Wow. So I had five or six before I had my NDE. But it turned it, the way that my NDE came uh, ended was that I chose to come back, and it was only after I came back that I had any real understanding in my head about what those uh, messages and those vision experiences meant. I, they left a lodging in my soul. They left a, a divine energy, a, a access portals in me that never went away. And so I've been being steered, guided my whole life, not understanding why me. And then in my NDE, it was those things on steroids. It was massively larger. And it, I came back after my NDE, an entirely different person. 
and I live from the moment I came back, I live between the worlds. Uh, most of me for most of my life since then was up above and a small amount of me was here and it was very difficult to live in this world. But I found that in order to survive here, I had to find a way to balance being between the two worlds. I, I should um, say that I was raised Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox to address the reverend issue in the room. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox, uh, both mom and dad kind of thing, and both churches and went to Catholic school, read the Gospels at the Catholic boys' school, had my NDE also at the Catholic boys' uh, I'll leave that story aside. Okay. Um, also, uh, after my NDE, Jesus read like an entirely different person. He sounded to me like a near-death experiencer. Mm -hmm. um, all of my religion vanished. All of my uh, expectations about the world vanished. Everything about my understanding of what I thought I knew was gone about the divine. And it was an experiential aspect that in, in a reduction was carried back with me, which forced me in this world to find a way to try to channel, open a channel inside myself. Uh, to the divine. And so how was I going to do that and earn a living in the world? Long story short, I hid inside the church. I lied at my ecclesiastical council when I told them that I was a believer and I wasn't a believer. I'm not a believer. This has nothing to do with belief. It has to do with divine energy and the presence of it in my life and the cultivation of it in my life and the experiences of um, my childhood and my near-death experience. So I, I was a United Church of Christ minister for a long, long time, 20 years almost. There's social justice. They ordained women in the 1800s before they were the United Church of Christ. They ordained gay and lesbian people back in the 90s. It was very progressive, social-oriented, a lot of homeless work and uh, work among the poor, that kind of thing, but not a mystical bone in their body. Um, I found that the energy that I carried back with me not only drove me into the divine in, in my interior, where I began a practice of Kriya Yoga and continued my centering prayer practice, but it also brought this opening space, uh, a heart for the world. Uh, and before we went on air, we were talking basically about the heart for the world, to being in a, a space of love inside ourselves so that that love just becomes a radiance around us. And that became my pursuit as a trying to become a channel of the divine. Um, and I'm bringing that up now instead of telling you my near-death experience story because it's all over the place. It's um it's an international bestseller and audible and it's going to be made into a movie and you can see it on YouTube. And I tell the story all the time and I get into a zone when I tell the story, I get, I get into a channel flow and I'll tell some of the story, but, but you can see it elsewhere. I'd really rather talk about more important things than what happened to me. Um, I'd rather talk about uh, the impacts in my world and myself and how that interacts with the world and what's going on in the world. Is that too much of an answer, Kath? Oh, that's perfect. So that was one of the reasons I was so excited that you said yes when I asked you to come back, because I really feel that there's a interesting phase that we're in right now um, that's calling for people to um, practice, to um, be empowered, to choose 
Um, I saw something last week. Someone said, I miss COVID. <laughs> <laughs> they miss the markdown, the, the lockdown. Right. And uh, it's like, well, I can sort of understand that because life was so calm and and uh, you the inner work was easy to do because there was less distraction out. And we came out of it and it's just been, you know, this falsehood and this falsehood and this um, this realization that that's not real and only love is real. It, I mean, love is real is really the overall arching realization. But what's been fascinating is watching as people are um, searching <clears throat> to reconnect to that knowing and what they're doing to be empowered with that. Because you can only read so much. You, it's, it's a feeling. This is all, um, it's, it's visceral feeling for me. I, I feel down to my cells um, the energy of, um, of possibility and excitement and um, curiosity. And when Jesus said, let them be like children, that's what I want to be. Um, the other thing I wanted to say real quick is I was a member of United Church of Christ here in Boulder. And our group was mystical. Oh, cool. I have to tell you. So, oh, and I would, nice. was born and raised Jewish. And when they made me a member, they said I was a Jew on a spiritual journey. And there was no, it was okay. That's cool. Was, was. So I just want to put a I appreciate that. I, I, up, here in New <laughs> up here in New England, the nickname for the United Church of Christ are the Frozen Chosen. <laughs> And I didn't make that up. Oh, that I mean, so it, it didn't start with me. Um, so but, they're, but, that, but they're also extremely um, generous to their communities. Like right. extremely, they're, they're, they, are the, they are a denomination that's boots on the ground, helping people where they live. Yeah. Well, great. well they, they, um, the thing that I, I have to say is that all of Western culture is based on the Bible. So I felt um, being a parent that was very important for me to put um, put emphasis on on that learning for my child, for my daughter, um, and she ended up getting a degree in comparative religions and working mm. for the Presbyterian Church right out of college, and so so that that all cascaded from that experience. So, um, but but anyway, um, what we're saying is that this is. The, your direct contact to mm -hmm. the mystical opportunity does not necessarily have to come through an organized oh, no. religion. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you're giving your power away in a lot of cases when you assume that someone else has more insight or more knowing than you do. And I want to get to the that word knowing because I love the word the two words noetic knowledge uh -huh. and or noetic understanding. It's a it's a transformation of the heart. And you you were talking about the difference between head knowledge mm -hmm. and this feeling presence. And yes, I went to divinity school and I studied mysticism. I've read all these books. I I've I've thought a lot about it. And but never once did I ever mistake the knowledge of it 
having anything to do with the heart of it. They're not the same thing. And it, it, it can actually become, the head knowledge can actually become a preventer from act, reaching into the heart. All The reason I went to divinity school to study all of these people wasn't to learn about uh, the history of it or, or have knowledge about how to talk about it. I went to find tools to use to drive my own self back to heaven. That's what yep. I went after. And, and all through all the literature, there's, there are tool sets to do this and some tools relate in my path and I picked them up and I've used them for my whole of my life. And the, the presence of the heart, the presence of the heart, the intelligence of the heart can be cultivated and grown and you don't need a near death experience. Thank God. Thank God for that. Right? <laughs> you, you can meditate your way into this. You don't even have to meditate your way into this. There are other ways to open this up as well. But meditation really is a tool, um, focused breath and focused mind in any combination. You can be sent in the art of archery. It can be uh, painting. It's lots of ways to do this. Yeah. Um, but the mental focus with the breath moves the self out of the way. It moves the false self out of the way, and it moves the idea of that I know what I need to know to ascend to the divine, because I don't, because I, I don't. The only thing that brings me into the presence is the presence itself. And the only way for me to find that is and to feel of it, to cultivate the feeling of it, the warmth and the tingle and the energy that, that comes in and goes out and ex makes me exist is to get out of the way of it. And it's shareable. We, before we went on the air, we, you were talking about um, this person that you met who was radiating this divine energy of love. And what you said was that she, she didn't let her ego or something like this, you, they, she didn't let her ego enter back into a space where her buttons could have been pushed right. and her ego re-engaged. Instead, she held her space of peace. And one of the things that meditation can help a person do is to hold, learn to hold that space of peace to keep the egoic mind quiet, even when in confrontation, even when in the face of people making errors of, for instance, mistaking head knowledge for heart knowledge. Um, and head knowledge is there's no problem with it. I, I mean, I spent my life in pursuit of it, um, but it's not the same thing as this. And, it can be right. built. So, so Sebastian wrote, um, we love you, Peter. Oh, thank you, Sebastian. <laughs> thank Sebastian. I had to add that. So, so what we're talking about is a journey to the heart. And there's all sorts of different ways. As Peter said, you don't have to have a near-death experience. But what I love about being part of IONS, because we just had a Boulder meeting on uh, Sunday, um, and, and just a few days ago that the energy is palpable of the people that have experienced that other place. Now, I haven't had mm -hmm. a near-death experience, but I've had spiritually transformative experiences, which is mm -hmm. what they call STEs, which is a weird acronym. But anyway, <laughs> it is. It sounds like a disease. But um, <laughs> does but anyway but, but the thing is is that you you know that you know and there is a um constant yearning to be back to that space of mm -hmm. pure love pure mm -hmm. light expressing that and uh, vibrating at that once you have experienced the beloved 
then you want to be that as often as possible. And that takes practice. I, I don't think I wake up every morning remembering my um, my experience that happened almost 20 years ago. And I have and it's visual, visual, vis, visceral. It's everything. And it, it my mine was to hold as much light as possible, hold that love light, that frequency. So that's been my quest. That's why I ended up at IONS was I could, I walked into a, a conference and there were 400 people. This year there's going to be over 500, but uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I walked into a conference and I felt like oh, I'm home. They mm -hmm. know, they know, they know yeah. what I know and they, and they're practicing it. Mm -hmm. That was my experience too, Kathy. Exactly that. I felt like I walked in. I walked through a force shield bubble. I was like, <laughs> you know, like in a, in, when a when a human being becomes a cartoon on in, a, in an animation, it was like that. I was like, what is this? Wong like, <laughs> vibration. In, in, in Sedona, you call that a vortex. A vortex. But, um, okay. Well, because it is a portal of frequency. Yes, the thing is, is that it encompasses everyone. There's researchers that have not had an experience, but have a, um, a quest for knowledge about the experience. And there are experiencers, or excuse me, researchers like PMH Atwater, who's mm -hmm. had the experience, who's still on her quest, um, who's on writing her like 22nd book now or something. It's like wild. Yeah, her stuff's wonderful. I think I have her latest book right here. Oh, you do? I want to I want to read it. Edgewalker. Oh, she's amazing, isn't she? She is. Yeah. She'll be at the conference too. But anyway, what what I wanted people to understand is that uh, this is not guru worship. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is making yourself the mm -hmm. portal to mm -hmm. that love and making yourself the recipient, releasing the um, maybe beliefs or patterns in your in your life that don't hold um, the same um, happiness and joy potential as um, as uh, as you want. Letting those go, releasing those, and then welcoming in because nature abhors a void it'll come right in right right that's what happens it's a natural thing all you have to do is step step aside that's it that's the only thing it's it get out of the way and yeah. the more you get out of the way the more frequently you get out of the way breath by breath the greater the capacity grows because then every time that you Get, step out of the way it leaves a grain of a diamond it leaves a diamond fleck behind or a gold fleck and those just continue to accumulate and the more that they accumulate the more space there is the more space there is the more uh, presence of the divine there is and then it's not so much about trying to manipulate the divine for the uh, for my own ends as it is to allow it to manipulate the world from my end right, that's right that's right. Well, you're expanding consciousness from all of your experiences. If you surrender to it, you get to expand and experience more of that because yep. 
they it's like okay game on we got a player here <laughs> and we got a live one on on floor b you know so right and that's well, what the misunderstanding with jesus um was that when he said to those who have more will be given everybody's like oh well it's going to be wealth i mean i'm gonna i'm i've got the mercedes now i've got to have the the yacht and um that's not what he's talking about at all he's talking about this right. is that is that the emptier because he's talking about uh it also talks about empty vessels the emptier you are the more the flow comes right right so so you have um besides you 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 were an announcer on tv uh, not, I had not a, TV, an not an answer. I, I was a, I was a storyteller. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I had two minutes every morning to tell an inspirational story to the, the TV audience, a couple of NBC stations up here in New England. And just before the weather, I had 240 words <laughs> and I did, I had an FM show too, um, simultaneously. It was a really great gig. They didn't put any restraints on me. I had left, I had left, I'd finished my church pastorate. There's a huge embezzlement and all this, you know, kerfluffle. And then I came out as an NDEer to my church when this was all over. And then I got recruited to TV and radio, mostly TV. And I did that for 15 years. And it was really fabulously fun, I gotta say. I, the, the crew at the TV station, never treated me like a reverend, which was the best thing possible. <laughs> they treated me like one of the people who worked there. It was really, and it was a good morale. Um, so there was no sort of projection of what your, of your inner minister on me. And the audience, I, I learned this, I, I learned this, one of the things I really learned when I was in TV was that, that I meditated before I wrote my scripts, the stories. And, and then I meditated before I went on camera and I'd had this lifelong practice of Kriya Yoga and meditation. And I discovered that through the microphone and through the lens, this divine energy can flow. And I, and I, and I was just shooting this out there that every time I got on camera, yep. but not telling anybody I was doing this because we was still keeping all these secrets, these yep. things private. And uh, we'd start getting letters back from the audience. Um, when you're, when you come, we don't know what it is, but whenever you come on the television in the morning, our two-year-old stops crying and turns and watches you. Yep. Or, and my dog who's, who comes and sits and watches, watches the television or some <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and, um, and then I realized that uh, one, if one practices stepping aside and creating a channel of the divine inside oneself, then one impacts the world in a experiential way. Yeah. And then I started not church, um, which is not church mysticism. The purpose of which is some deconstruction. It's on YouTube deconstruction of Western Christian thinking but with an aim through mysticism. But really what I'm trying to do in that same venue as I'm doing, trying to do right here, right now is to step aside and let the energy flow because no matter how articulate or knowledgeable a person is, ultimately it can't ever be said. And this has been the problem of every mystic um, from Muhammad to uh, Jesus to Lao Tzu. Everybody's got the same problem that they can't ever contain it in words, but you can have the presence inside yourself and show the presence to other people and they can see it inside themselves because it is inside them. They resonate. People resonate with this because it's already there. I, I, 
I, I feel like I am, and this is a feeling thing, not a thinking thing. I feel like I am one of many uh, little tiny diodes at the end of a fiber optic cable coming back into the world to radiate this light that is, and, and everybody's a fiber optic cable with a little diode at the end. I'm trying to share my light so that their light illuminates. And then when their light illuminates, they can illuminate other lights and on and on and on it goes. And I'm just one guy and there's lots of people doing this. And it's love and light. That's it's love and light. Yes. The, the, the benefit of all of this is the um, expansiveness of, um, of your experience here, the courage that you have. Um, you, you seem to, or I, I'm, I'm saying you, but it's all of us, um, get a chance to see the best case scenario and, um, and create that. Most of the near-death experiencers that I've um, had the privilege to either talk to or, or be with, um, their, their superpowers clicked in um, after that, after that experience. And their incredibly brave um, uh, need to share the experience and need to share what they saw it's almost like they're on assignment to come back to to share. Do would you agree with that? A hundred percent. That's exactly what happened to me. Um, yeah, and I feel like if if there's if there's a conspiracy in in the world, a real conspiracy, it's between medical science and God. <laughs> medical science has created this capacity for creating theonauts, sending people, people are dying and then, and then medical technology brings them back. And they were right. like, and there's tens of millions of us. And, and what we're all bringing back, uh, one of the, one of the papers that came out of the Bigelow consciousness study that was published last year, I, I got the yeah. name wrong, but there was the, the 70% of NDEers used two words, love and light love and light and it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from and everybody has this compulsion i have a compulsion to talk about it my whole life became oriented toward toward talking about it with my mouth but really my whole life has begun and my interior world was trying to get out of the way so that it can talk about itself without me interfering that the right. divine flow can flow and when this there the more of us that do this the more of us that come back from NDEs and have this extra kickstart with this after effect, the more we can share, the larger the light is between all of us, the larger the light is between all the people who are sensitive to it, the larger the light is between all the people who, who have it inside them and don't know it yet. And it's like a big bubble expanding and getting bigger and brighter. And it's coming at a perfect time in human history, I have to say. Yes. Um, yes. Not a moment too late. Um, <laughs> well, we're we're seeing that, that um, some people call this time the inverted matrix, where you can't tell what's true and what's not true, uh, and yeah. uh, it's all mixed together. Like even if yeah. there is truth, that's true. <laughs> so, so this is um, actually a way to navigate all of that is oh, yeah. through this. Um, it's the only way. Yeah. Because this this connection has nothing to it has nothing to do with my physical body. I right. use my physical body and my mind to create this connection. But I am not this thing. I've known that I've not this been this thing since I was five. When I came back from my my NDE, I was really not this thing. And 
and the only orientation that I have, and I keep talking about myself because I can only talk through my experience. I can't, I can talk about other people's experiences, but I don't, but mystics only teach what they know. That is like one of the things that in the history tells shows that they only teach what they know and they don't teach what they don't know. And so that's why I teach this way. So the, 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 this energy connection that I've cultivated inside myself that brings heaven to me here and now multiplies itself among others who are also doing the same thing so that the bubble gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we have this opportunity now that we've never had in the history of the world. They've always been near-death experiencers. It's in the literature going back centuries all over the world uh, to ancient times. And it, there's always been uh, mystics. And But now <laughs> there's tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of us. And so there's this big awakening that, that you know people have been talking about for a long, long, long time. Yeah. And now here it is. Yes. Well, the, 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 and Yahoo, that's, I think, why we're here, um, but why we embodied at this time. And I always say we stood in line to get these bodies to be here right now, to be a part of this uh, illumination and up level. But, but there is a lot of, um, um, there is an opportunity to emphasize your connection to the divine as part of your daily routine. Oh yeah. And that's what um, uh, you're going to be presenting a workshop at the IONS event about your, the way that you connect. And in a few minutes, few moments, I'll show that website and we can look at it, but, but could you share about your, how you how you were inspired to use that practice the the practices that you use to stay connected every day and is it a morning routine or how, how did that all come about well i've been at it for a very very long time and so there's been a lot of routines in the way that it's been integrated in in in, in my life uh, i i came i came back I came back from my NDE with divine energy as myself. And I went, I was studying mime. Okay, so part of my, one of my classes was in mime and Marcel Marceau's school, my teacher had been in the school, the larger school of Marcel Marceau who taught Hatha Yoga, who showed me, this this teacher showed, uh, showed me how to find my prana and chi, which was nobody else in the class knew what he was talking about. For me, it was this big, huge experiential thing. I was in a yoga posture and uh, he's like, move this, move the energy into your palm and then stretch it out. I'm like, wow. I feel the tingle. I feel it. I feel like like my myself is stretching with my arm raising. And from I was reading the autobiography of a yogi and I was reading the Yoga Sutras. And I trusted that Kriya Yoga that I could dig my way back to heaven. So I took my Kriya Yoga practice, which I had to learn on my own. I didn't have any teachers. I decided, I figured that the chakras if, if what they're saying, I was an Orthodox Catholic kid, I didn't chakras, you know, uh, but if what they were saying was true and that I could, I could create myself into an empty vessel and carve my way back to heaven, um, then I wouldn't need to know anything about them. 
the, the chakras. I could just follow basic practices. And I regularly followed basic practices with my mental focus and my breath in two ways. I began by just breathing into my root and back up again. In my, I had a centering prayer practice at the time, just repeating over and over and over and over again my prayer, my mantra, with my breath up and down and up and down and up and down. And when my mind wandered, I would pull it back. And then I incorporated Kriya Yoga into this in my Hatha Yoga forms, uh, running the energy up my legs and down out my head. And I found that the more I practiced, and I, I would practice meditation every morning for 20 minutes, and that developed into an hour of yoga followed by 15 minutes of meditation, because I always found that I, my powers of concentration and energy focus were stronger after my yoga practice. So that's when I would do my meditation. I did it every day. And then when I had kids, I had to stop stop with the yoga because I didn't have enough time. And then I brought it back in again. And then I, and so it, it hasn't been a, a one steady line. It's been a, a collection of groups of time and with always threads running through it. So I always could practice some form of meditation, throw yoga back in, I always practice some kind of meditation. Consistency is the avenue to walk. Even if it's not feeling like it's working, showing up again and again and again, that's how the practice and the ritualization of the practice develops. And then it begins to feed itself. The more you practice it, the more you want to practice it because it provides the divine presence over uh, an accumulation of time. So these days I practice some form of yoga twice, physical yoga twice a week. And I practice my sitting practice uh, more frequently every day, if not almost every day. And the, it doesn't take a long time. I'm not looking for, with my sitting practice, 20 minutes, 20 minutes a day for 40 years is a lot of minutes. And so the, I'm not trying to uh, attain anything with it. I'm not after the light. I'm only after being in the presence. I'm only after silencing my mind. And, and the, the, the wanting of the being in the presence naturally arises with the silencing of the mind. And I found that by using my breath inside my body, I was able to detect this prana, this chi, and move it around my body and, and um, increase its size inside of me that allowed me to see more light inside myself and the divine. Um, practice makes, doesn't make perfect, but it makes possible. Practice makes possible. Do you feel that there's been different like plateaus that, because to go back to that um, Godhead or whatever you want to call the, um, the, spontaneous experience for near-death experience um, to go back to source is is a step I think it's a step-by-step -step awareness um, do you agree that and do you find that it seems like it's more available that's all I'm saying I've been doing this for 20 years or more and or more actually more more um, but um, and it just seems like everything is so much more available now and that um that the beauty the divine beauty and the perfection is so um palpable almost now i don't know if that's the whole earth is changing that way or um but 
but um, for people just starting Kriya Yoga or just starting to do your workshop and they're curious they or they their their expectation is I want to go where he went. <laughs> um, oh, you will. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you won't take this the new vehicle, please. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, I, I'm just wondering, are you finding that 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 it is a step by step first is the first question? Yes. And my answer is yes and no, because oh, okay. the, 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 there is definitely a step by step in my interior practice. The uh -huh. more I practice, the larger my space comes becomes inside myself layer by layer. The veil is removed uh -huh. layer by layer. And that is definitely true. Um, and then different um, steps along my way. So uh, I had a, an experience post NDE pre-second NDE that left me with uh, my sacral and uh, solar plexus open between the two, like a, a tunnel of energy flow of peace. Uh, I, it lasted six months after this experience that I had, and then it closed down and I couldn't find it again. It took me a long time to figure it out. And once I did, um, I could open it up and now had a new tool. So there is definitely a step-by-step but no, because one of the things that comes as a result of consistent practice of selflessness, and it's not a guarantee, it's only a possibility, is what the Christians call divine grace, which would be is the, the, the mystical experience wherein you're not causing it, it happens to you, you get taken out of yourself, and you have a, a full-blown experience of the other and whatever way it is presented to you, and then you're collapsed back and you're shoved back in your body again. And sometimes you don't even leave your body. Sometimes it's just inside your body, and there's this this uh, loss of self. Kundalini awakening is a kind of an example of this um, uh, in, uh, inside the body. Uh, those become more probable the more one practices. Because when, because you become permeable, you're making yourself permeable, you make yourself available to mystical experience and not a grasping after it. It's the same, it's the same rule applies with this as, as the self. So the practice is to step aside. It's always to step aside and just allow the natural energy to come and flow in when there isn't a bunch of rocks in your, in your river and a dam in the end of it, you're pulling apart, you're pulling out all the rocks. And, and then as this flow begins to flow, sometimes there's a big rainstorm up in the mountain and you get a big flood and the water comes rushing through you and you didn't cause it. You're just, your, your flow is cleaner because all the stones are out of the way and it, it just kind of um, comes of its own. I see. I see. Um, so there's, oops, cancel. Um, there's a um, opportunity to clear and clean and release, and that may be forgiveness practice, all of those things all affect the energy flow, but the awareness of it or the awareness of the blocks come in the silence of, um, of the practice. It, it does, and it creates uh, uh, the... And so what happens in that case in terms of levels, so you have this, you, you have this experience, say you're on, you're on a ladder and you're on third rung and suddenly, you know, you're on the 12th rung, you're like way up here and then it ends and now you're back to the third rung. 
And so it's both of these things simultaneously. Right. So you, and, and you end up with a uh, new orientation uh, and a new self and a new um, desire for selflessness. Yes. Yes. And service. Yep. 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 So I'm going to um, pull up the website real quick and you could talk. I'm going to pull up just the front first and then I'll move to the page, the workshop page. Okay. So um, at the uh, end of uh August and the first part of September, we have our IONS. Um, it's August 30th through September 3rd. We have our 2023 uh, IONS conference where about 500 people will be in person, maybe more, and um, hundreds and hundreds of people online watching um, and experiencing these incredible uh, uh, presentations and Peter is one of the, um, the people giving a workshop. That's why I was so excited he could come and talk about it. And let me scroll down to your workshop. Here we go. There's two of them. There's head and heart. So I, I, I'll let you talk about head first, and then I can scroll down to heart. Okay. Well, the head is to give some context, a historical context for what a mystical experience is. They're commonly called STEs these days, but historically they're called mystical experiences. And there are ways of looking at a collection of mystical experiences to get a baseline for what they are. And we're going to be talking about those sorts of things. And we're going to be examining how that, how your experience, your personal experience was probably a mystical experience as well. Not yours was for sure, Kathy, but I mean the audiences and what that means in terms of your relationship to your family and to your life and to the historical record about mysticism. That kind of, that'll give a context. In the afternoon, I'm going to be teaching, uh, teaching Kriya Yoga uh, that I've been practicing for 40 years. The, the, the bottom line for Kriya is that when the energy becomes activated inside yourself and you can be in the presence, it becomes your teacher. And once it becomes your teacher, it shows you your path. It, this, this is what Yogananda had promised. This is what it says in the Yoga Sutras. This is what I didn't know whether that would happen or not 40 years ago when I started. But this is exactly what happened to me. And so what I'm going to be trying to do, this is the first workshop I've ever given, but I've been practicing on a Zoom group for the last year uh, on a Tuesday, every Tuesday, trying to learn how to teach the techniques that I've been, that I've self-taught through the use of my breath and my energy based in uh, all the books that I've read. And I know that it works. I didn't know that it worked. Uh, I knew that it worked for me. Okay. I knew that it worked for me a long time ago. I didn't know whether anybody else, because I thought, well, you know, maybe my NDE made this possible. And, and so, and, and does anybody even feel it from me? Can anybody even feel this thing from me? I don't have any idea because in my world, I feel it everywhere. So I'm always feeling it. So it, it's kind of like every room I go into is the same in that way. Um, and so I was in these yoga classes and 
after I had my heart attack, my second NDE, I stopped going to yoga class. And the teacher who was a friend of mine. I live in a small town. I know all, you know, we know every, everybody knows everybody basically. Um, she said, when you come back to yoga class, I said, oh, Sharon, I, I'm not coming back. Oh, please come back. No, I can't. I'm, I'm practicing on my own, which I did for most of my life. And she said, but you got to come back. I said, why do I have to come back? She said, because when you're in the room, your yoga changes the feel of everybody's yoga in the room. This is a radiance that comes out. And I was like, oh, there it is. So finally, finally, now I know that the, the, this energy, this practice of selflessness, this practice of getting out of the way of the flow can physically change a person's experience of their, of their, of their energy inside themselves. And that's what I'm, so I spent the last year trying to learn how to teach this thing and now this workshop is the first time I'm going to do it in an organized fashion to try to give people the tools that they have inside themselves or add tools to their trick bag in order to uh, access reality inside yourself. Yeah. And the little thing that I'm going to, I'm going to, tell you right now is I, this this have you ever felt and rubbed the that felt the energy between your palms that's that's you okay that energy between your palms that's actually that's you the palms they're the temporary thing this energy is you and that these practices increase this energy and make it flow inside us and it radiates outside of us and then heaven comes into us and then I, I live in a state of heaven here which is not to say perfection and the end of my suffering it's totally not that it is the it is an experiential presence of the divine and a bazillion synchronicities that happen in my life uh, that the channeling of heaven inside myself allows and it's it expands between people and magnifies, as you said in the audience group. It's the same. It's the same energy. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's what that workshop's all about. It's how to. The first one is like, what is it? And the second one is how to do it. Well, and and you, if you take both of them, you'll get the full package because the how to Peter um, is a brilliant, brilliant uh, communicator on this mystical energy, and part of my. Um, my thrill of being a friend of his is getting to experience that because I haven't had words. Uh, I've felt very insecure about communicating it. I can project and feel the energy. I can project it in a room if I choose. Mm -hmm. I, I can do that, but I didn't know how to talk about it. I just did it. <laughs> and so and so by going to the first one and learning the articulation of it and that's an experience in itself it really is um knowledge does turn into a um an experience and that's what we came here to have experiences we we do and the, I'll add to that that it creates a bigger space inside oneself and that there's the, the vastness of the interior world supersedes the vastness of the exterior world. And, and, and the cultivation of the divine energy inside yourself, not, as a, not to grasp it for ownership, but just to be in it, creates a... Well, you get to see, you get to see the cosmos from the inside out. I believe that we're projecting this from there and that the bigger you get, the more you get to see how to tweak it. 
I, I would make myself a little taller. <laughs> if I could. But but uh, I mean, when you think about it, it, this is really the biggest game ever that we could play with the divine and, and with consciousness. And, and the biggest, um, the best way to make conscious decisions for your life, your business, everything that you do here on planet Earth is to to experience it from that expanded state and and work in the in conjunction with mm. the divine. Good word, conjunction. Yeah. So um what else is happening with you? You you've got a movie coming up and yeah. how's that going I haven't it's going heard great well, it's going great um the after three years of have of heavy critique uh, through these producers I'm, I'm one i'm one chapter away from my finishing my job and uh then it's off to the races for them and i'm super psyched they, they i my writing style, my creative writing style has shifted from simply imagistic to em emotional imagistic. And oh, so wow. the, the emotional style that they've like hammered me, fire, fire and hammer uh, me <laughs> into, which is always a good process. Um, it's super helpful. I'm so excited. So I'm going to finish this next chapter, probably after the IANS conference. And then off my book, my five chapters go to my new literary agent for uh, my next book. And hopefully we'll get a good contract from my publisher so that I can take enough time off to just write that. Then meanwhile, they'll be getting a, a script writer and they'll be moving off wow. in the direction of making the movie. And I have a new contract, so we renewed the contract with additional things. Wonderful. They've they've optioned my next book, the one that is going to the publisher next, and they added a potential of a sequel. Wow! And they and they added a potential and or an and or a, a, a streaming series. So all those things are now in the contract. We'll see if any of them come about, but mostly. So the whole purpose of all of this is still the messaging. It's really, I, I learned when I was working in television that mass market, the mass market is where it's at. And my not church is definitely not mass market. It's totally niche. Um, but the mass market is where it's at. The more people that can talk about this, the more people, more it's in movies and in books and in articles and on, on TV programs like yours, the more it's like out in the world, the easier it is for everybody to start talking about their own near-death experience. The easier it will be for everybody else to start talking about their own spiritually transformative experience in the public square. And people, people have called me courageous and brave because I came out of my, as an NDE or profession, as a professional person in the church where they don't accept this. Okay. This is not accepted. It's not like they, in the, my denomination, they deny it. And at least in new England, it's that they don't understand it. Right. And they're like, we don't know what this thing is. Um, but the, the more of us to talk about it in my ex denomination, cause I am no longer a member um, the, the more we talk about it in public, the more popular it becomes, the more chance we have to nudge the world, not only through our, through the energy aspect of it as it grows on its own, but in the, in, but in the social aspect of it and the social cultural level, maybe we can begin to nudge the world toward a new way of being human. Mm 
Because when we talk about the, the consciousness of the planet, what we're really talking about is the consciousness of humanity. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my, my dogs and the birds outside my door here, they're, they're in tune because that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they got, uh, but human, human beings, our world, we're, in a, we're the ones who need the nudge. Right, right. Perfect, perfect. Wow. So that's so cool. Well, congratulations on your um, projects. I'm so excited. That's much more expanded than I, than the last time I talked to you. And, um, and I, and I am hoping that more and more people will, will be curious enough to want to understand and experience through you, through your story, uh, the, the, bigger picture the the opportunity to really enjoy this ride um mm. uh, because it, there there are so many people that don't really see this as a safe place they, well, they there's two right. perspectives it's safe or it's not yeah. and uh, once you've had these experiences that takes the the knot out of it well you can't kill me <laughs> You don't die. I don't die. It's yeah. like, right? yeah, that's so great. So, so, um, do you have anything else to? Um, oh, he says I want to be in the movie series. Um, so, <laughs> I'm not. I have, I have no power. All no, I've seeded all power. Who's gonna be you? Oh, I have no idea. I I know that they're who they want, but I can't say. We'll see if that happens. Um, yeah. but I have no power. Extra, extra. Well, um, so, so, but the, the opportunity is, is to spark the remembrance for all the people that have yeah. had, right. that have been resuscitated over the past 40 or 50 years that may have had a spiritual mystical experience and wrote it off to being, um, being, oh, Matt Damon, she said, should play you. <laughs> too old. He's too old now. I'm a, this is a 20 year old. But thanks. That would be fun. He's a Bostonian. I would love to. I'm from Boston area. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it'd be perfect if he was. Here. That's so funny. Maybe he's a kid. Um, maybe, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, all, all I'm saying is that um, the opportunity, because there have been some people have talked about the tipping point of when mm. humanity is going to awaken. And um, some people are talking about solar flares and that the uh, photonic energy is going to change um, and, and re reconfigure maybe how we hold energy as electric beings. Um, it's, it's uh, this could be the remembrance triggering the remembrance to all these people that have been resuscitated could be the change, right? Well, it could be, it could be the more people that talk about it. I, I don't, part of the practice of, of, that I learned from Lao Tzu is that I, I, I work ahead. I work without expectation. Right. And, and so I, I, I let, I let science take care of itself and I work on my own interior and I know that, and I try to help other people to, uh, to work on their own interior so that we can all magnify this. So I, I don't, I, I feel, I can say, I feel that there's a much larger energy field here now than there ever was before. Yes. When that, it, it, when that tipping point comes, I have no idea how it interacts with solar flares. <laughs> this is crazy. Cause now we all, we're all getting solar weather on our phones because <laughs> Because you have to know what the solar weather is so that if you're doing an internet thing, you kind of get crashed by the, so that's kind of crazy in the modern world. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't, and, and, and uh, God, we could even talk about the the magnetars smashing into each other and the bending of time and space. It's like so. Some of it's way too big. <laughs> it's way too big for me. I I I concentrate on my own temple inside myself, right. and by and by bringing my concentration there, I expand in in the realm of the of my world where I can where I interact with people here and my physical and and teleported you know television world here um that's that's all i can worry about um right. that's right. just me um well you you created all of this so it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah i totally signed up for you it created like, me. he's talking to you right now yeah so so it's all perfect well, well we're just hoping that people will um Go to your YouTube channel and learn more about you. Go and watch previous interviews that Peter and I have done. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to interview him, I think, every year for several years now, yeah. multiple times. Yeah. And, um, and also come and look at the conference.iandsiands.org site and join us whether it's online or in person it's in washington dc region right mm -hmm. now this year um this will be the biggest one we've ever had it's our major fundraiser for the whole year as a nonprofit, and um it, it's the energy is going to be off the charts um if it's, I'm feeling the energy, I'm tingling talking to you right now. So I can just imagine what we're- Oh, it's going to be great. Bunch of us get together. And it's like coming home, you guys, mm. um, the expansiveness and the opportunity for your personal growth and the love that you are to be revealed is 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 real. And, and it's doable and it's available. And I hope everybody- uh, no, it was conference.ions.org. Thank you. Thank you, Noel. Oh, yeah, right. But conference. That's dot, right. Yeah. Right. So I, I'll put it. I, I had it here. Here, I'll put yeah. it again. So anyway, um, but but uh, please, everyone, please. Um, Peter, what's the best way for everyone to keep following you and, and know? Because um, he is the man to watch. Oh, um, I'm, I'm at peterpanagore.love. I have a... Uh, Emails that go out regularly, and I'm Peter Panagor on YouTube, which is my my main location for material right, production. Right. Um, and right. it, it is pretty nichey. It's it's mysticism, and I, and I work with the Upanishads and the Vedas and the Dharmapada and and Christian texts as well. But if you have an interest in deconstructing your childhood understanding or misunderstanding of Christian theology, I can totally help with that. Uh, <laughs> um, so right now, oh, the last thing I'll say is we're, I've been working with a book called the Peshitta, which is a, an Aramaic Bible. And Aramaic was the language of Jesus. And it's been declared a heresy a thousand, more than a thousand years ago by the West. But, it, but Jesus sounds like a mystic in it. Oh, wow. Well, you have to know the more expanded view you have about all of this, it's, there's a perfection which is um, a curiosity almost, but it's, yeah. it's a perfection to everything. And, um, and, and your soul is playing it full out. You just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, 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 yeah, I wasn't sure that I, after I made the choice to come back, I was like, what, why did I do that? <laughs> what was I thinking? 
Yeah. Well, th this is the mystical, d touching the mystical, experience the mystical. It's all available if you follow Peter's work. If you read his books, you'll get a glimpse of it. If you follow his YouTubes, if you go to No Church on Sunday mornings, you'll see that um, this whole opportunity to live an expanded, happy, um, creative life. Yeah, creative is life. Just, is just a couple steps away. Right. It's right inside your heart. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Always a pleasure. See you in about a month. Yeah, see you soon. See yeah. you, everybody. See you there. Uh, yeah, see, be there, be square. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>